So this is a very special episode of Show Me Shit Columbus. I've been off for like six months, and I'm back. I've got my friends Jason, Augustus, <laughs> Craig. How do you spell that? And Billy Rintel. Do you want me to bleep that out? I don't care. <laughs> we'll see what we talk about. Okay. We can, you can bleep it out after. All right. Bleep, bleep the hell out of it. So... <laughs> Uh, these two guys are both uh, nurses at a local hospital a big gigantic 40,000 employee hospital locally probably more spreads across this great state probably like 75,000 yeah just in one unit (laughs) (laughs) just in one bed yeah so um we were having discussions a couple weeks ago about the COVID virus, and uh, there's a, a new um, uh, a new variant. A new variant. Ooh, that's um, new strain. Yeah. So wild. They called it new variant when they had two of them in the beginning. Anyhow. Yep. Well, and. Can't figure out which one's which. Which one is what? It was. Yeah, I think it was just moving at the same. Did they really? So, yeah. yeah. It was a, yeah. Uh, type S and a Type L, and one was more virulent than the what other. What does the S and the L? Stand you know what? For? That's a really good question. I actually just saying that was like, oh, I wonder what it stood for. <laughs> so, um, so when they when they name viruses, they typically just add uh, something onto it uh, to uh, help subclassify it. For example, help who? Bill Gates to help all the biologists. Basically, it okay. starts with the biologists that study um, the virus, um, and they'll name it. And then, if they find a mutation of it, they have to figure out how to classify um, the original versus the. It's the same as we do with computer software. For example, it's the it's the COVID point two or mm-hmm. COVID point three or whatever. Um, they just have a different classification system. So when um, when the virus came out when the <laughs> when the virus came out, um, were were you at all? So a lot of people know that you ha- you had the virus. Yep, and a lot of people know that you had a stroke. Mm-hmm. And um, what people don't know is that it might be related, or it is related. It's probably related. It's, it's the a best probable. way to think about it. Yeah. That's the best way to think about it. So how how does is the um, correlation brought that it was related? So the uh, the quick explanation would be um, we know that uh, when you're infected with the virus, it can um, cause uh, lots of changes in your body that happen at the cellular level and whenever changes happen at the cellular level going back to high school like biology and chemistry um, you need a catalyst to start something in in our biology our catalysts are called cytokines they're strains of proteins um, that uh, act as catalysts for um, one cell will release a cytokine and it will affect the way another cell operates and 
Um, that's the best explanation that I can give. Okay. Um, and we know that when you get infected with COVID, it can cause what's called a cytokine, cytokine storm. Mm-hmm. And um, that is basically the cells in your body all are releasing these uh, protein strains that act as catalysts to cause something to happen. Um, and in, in one case, it might be that your blood vessels are going to dilate and relax. So that will drop your blood pressure really low. Uh, in other cases, it might cause them to constrict and get really tight. Um, and uh, in my particular case, they think it caused my blood to clot when it normally didn't have any issues with clotting too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, in combination with the fact that I'm diabetic, um, it's easy for my blood uh, to have issues um, with clotting anyway. And so that's why we're at greater risk for a stroke. That combination of those two things um, is what caused me to have a stroke um, following the infection. So, um, it basically, uh, made it so that I didn't have any other reason to have a stroke. My blood vessels looked good. I didn't have problems with my blood clotting before this. Um, the only thing that could have changed my picture would have been the virus itself. Um, right. Yeah. They right. can't give a definitive answer. They can't say it was absolutely that, but they can say this is the most probable cause. Mm-hmm. I had a quick idea on that. When yeah. You, you told me about that and, you know, you'd talk to your neurologist. Yeah. And, you know, with going back with what you'd said about your MRI scans yep. and everything looked amazing uh, and you really didn't show any repercussions for having congenital diabetes. Yep. Um, I know this is kind of wild, but. We drink a shit ton of coffee. Yeah. And uh, I'm wondering if just per se, because of being diabetic, that yep. you got up in the morning, you felt like crap, you busted your ass, you basically drank some coffee. Yep. You said you rode your bike to work. Mm-hmm. And then, we, like I said, we, we drank a lot of coffee through yep. all that. I wonder uh, how dehydrated you were. I, I you know think that's I mean? absolutely a possibility. Um, and I'm not trying to pinpoint. I just, I wonder how, how much of that, just a normal way of staying hydrated through all of it. You were yeah. sick. Your blood sugar was probably through the roof. And yep. you may or may not have known. Do you do you remember what your your pump was doing? Yeah. Your insulin pump? Was yeah. it kind of going off? Was it like, hey, was it giving you a little heads up? Is that I don't know how those work like to let you know. Like it just does its thing or does yeah. it go, hey, by the way, your blood sugar's fucking five hundred. No. So it has it has settings on it and it will tell you and you can um you can determine those settings. Um, mine is set for, uh, if my blood sugar gets to 200, Mm -hmm. then it will start alarming. Okay. Uh, and I didn't have issues. The pump will the pump. Yeah. Yeah. My insulin pump. So, uh, I wear what's called a continuous glucose monitor. Um, and it, uh, has a needle that stays in your skin. That is about the size of a hair on your head. Um, so you can't feel it when it's in, uh, and that wire is connected to a device that looks like a bandaid with a little piece of plastic on it. Uh, and then that device Bluetooths your blood sugar to your insulin pump every five minutes. And so, um, you're able to get blood sugar readings all day long, Mm -hmm. every five minutes and the pumps now 
um, have just uh, gotten to uh, the point where it can also adjust the way it's delivering insulin to you um, to help compensate for high blood sugar or compensate for low blood sugar. Right. Um, and uh, on that particular day, I didn't have um, a lot of issues. My blood sugars were relatively normal. Um, and when I had the stroke, uh, when I went into the hospital that particular day, um, remember it wasn't until 24 hours after I actually had the stroke that I ended up in the emergency department. Right. Um, so I didn't have any issues day of until I started, um, throwing up right. like a ridiculous amount, which is so wild. Yeah. I still kind of like thinking about that, like, wow, that's why my question was, yeah, a lot of people that if your pump wasn't working right and your sugar was high because of being sick, yep. not even recognizing, just being like, oh shit, I feel like crap, yep. but big old no, no is to have high sugar and then throwing up. That's one of the symptoms. Right. And I was just so curious. Right. Um, so I know, um, it wasn't alarming, um, I wasn't having issues uh, that Friday morning that uh, we think the okay. stroke started. Um, when I got to the hospital um, on Sunday, remember, um, it was 250. So it was high, so, but not ridiculously But not high. like you would think you'd be right. something right. like DKA. Or but here's the interesting funky. side to that. Uh, my BUN and Creat were pretty normal. So huh. those are yeah. labs we can we can look at to see um, what your hydration looks like. Uh, all all my labs were normal. Well, see, that's the next point I was gonna yeah. say is like everything seemed to be perfectly. Yeah, your lab work, your even if something was uh, a little bit high, it was still on the high side Just of normal. High normal. Yep. Hmm. That's what was really strange, yeah. and that's why they were saying there's no we can't find a. a one thing to point our finger at and say, ah, that was the problem. Right. And the only thing that was in that mix was the fact that we did have COVID and we know that it can cause your blood to clot, uh, when it normally doesn't. I'm trying to remember if that was in the beginning as well. If that was, cause I remember the coagulopathy, yep. remember the, uh, like the little petechiae, the little rashes yep. that people were getting on their feet. Yep. They called them COVID toes. Yep. I'm I'm just grabbing at stuff because it's no, kind of wild think, that I don't hear about that and people yeah. are like, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, it looked like uh, so uh, if you're on blood pressure medication, if you're not maintaining your blood pressure, uh, we uh, use a medication called Levofed um, that uh, helps your blood vessels constrict, and uh, it's kind of like if you've got water throwing through a giant pipe, you're not going to have a lot of water pressure. If we need to increase that water pressure, we make the pipe smaller. And that medicine helps make the pipe smaller. But when it does that, it also reduces the flow of blood coming out of your capillary bed at your fingertips and your toes, right? Right. And so when you're on this medication, your fingertips and your toes lose circulation uh, because all, they're all clamped down. But that helps maintain the blood pressure uh in the important areas like around your kidneys, your yeah, brain, centrally. in those areas. Yeah. Um, so the, the toes looked like necrotic. Yeah. <laughs> bluing cyanotic toes yeah. from too much levofed. I just, I had never seen that before and I'm still curious. Like yeah. I said earlier, like we talked, we just started off saying, Hey, there's a variant, there's a new variant. Yeah. Well, what, what happened to S and L? 
not like Saturday Night Live, but <laughs> you know. Yep. <laughs> so the 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 COVID toes, like I had never seen that. I don't know what that means, and like what other things in the body. You know, we we already talked about coagulopathy things, yeah. but that was the first thing that I remember. Yeah. This is the COVID, toes. COVID toes. Yep. Um, so coagulopathy was there, and then came the PEs. Yep. That was major. And stroke wise, I mean, I just, I just figured it was all tied in and I, I, I'm not, that's way above my pay grade in my education to even consider, oh yeah, this stroke must've been COVID. We've had so many strokes in the ED where they, uh, they basically come in, you know, there's no, they're asymptomatic Mm -hmm. as far as respiratory wise. Yeah. And there's the other part too. It's not always respiratory issues. Yeah. You know, we had for a while the abdominal the cramping, yep. the vomiting that uh, was so wild. Oh, yeah. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I think that's one of the strangest, as a, as a healthcare worker, that's one of the strangest things I felt uh, that I came across was that it was really hard to pinpoint exactly what the symptoms were and to pinpoint. I mean, we have... A handful of things that if symptom one through five are present, yeah, we're, we're pretty sure it's COVID, right, right? Right. But there are so many variants with this that we don't see with other infections. Um, I feel like, for example, you know, the flu is pretty straightforward, right? Um, and we have a rapid test that's pretty accurate for it. But with this, there's so many variants with the people that presented I didn't spend a lot of time in the emergency department for this, so um, you would have a better idea with that than I would. I, I'm just full of questions. Yeah, it's just my, you know, I tried to questions f- for for the so, powers that be, or just yeah, for, just for the, for the general, virus itself. Yeah, for both. Because so, let's just say, like you were just saying, hey, we we've got a test for you know we've got a viral transport PCR test or a rapid test, whatever. And I had another thing I wanted to add to your, like, so we said, how the flu is pretty cut and dry. Well, you know, I think we were talking before, so I'm going to kind of wrap this into a couple of different things. Yeah. So in the beginning, it took a lot of effort to get somebody tested. Yeah. Oh, you hadn't been outside of the U.S. or, oh, you know, you've got this fever and, oh, you have shortness. So you had to meet criteria to get tested. Yeah. Okay. That's one thing. The next was we got educated again on how to swab somebody. So it's different from obviously our MRSA, MRSA swab tests in the nose where it's just right inside the nostrils to basically gouging somebody with a nice flimsy straw all the way back to the back of their pharyngeal. So they're basically, you're trying to get to the back of their, you know, throat. Yeah. And a lot of people weren't doing that. Yeah. Once educated. Okay, cool. So you're going to have differences of those false yeah. positives, false negatives, because they weren't being swabbed correctly, yeah. right? Depending on how accurate the PCR mostly was false, rapid, you know? Mostly false negatives. Well, see, I think that's where there. everybody was like, don't, that's yeah. not a definitive test because, yeah. hey, we're going to treat them because of the symptoms. Yeah. And that's in the beginning what we were all doing. We can't really rely on these tests. We're just going to go by symptoms, which... So there was a, a, a <laughs> an issue of quality mm-hmm. with knowing so like all the different variants right (laughs) that's a good word for the day variants my other thought process too through this was that in the beginning 
somebody would come down with it. And then you read about people that continue to test positive and continue to have symptoms. Now we have both of those. We have people that continue to have symptoms and we have people that continue not to have symptoms, but test positive constantly. Mm -hmm. What is that all about? Like, okay, I'm a health care practitioner, right? Yeah. Sure. We've got things that have shed. Uh, Does your body get rid of it? Is it Mm -hmm. a part of an antigen now that's like a type three uh, allergy? It's there. It's in the tissue. Is that sticking around? You know what I mean? So if somebody is going to come into the hospital and for us, they're asymptomatic, but we need to swab them because we want to make sure that everybody's protected in the hospital and that you need to get swabbed even though you were positive 90 days ago, whatever. Swab them again, they're positive. So they stay in isolation. If those things are happening, and as we've talked in the past about October, November of 2019, of the increase of the usage of PCR tests, um, I read an article recently about the uh, you know American Red Cross. Some of the blood from late November was yeah. tested, and it was positive for SARS two antibodies. Yeah. Um, that's a very intriguing thing. So, what I'm tying this together is that if we have of 13 s- months ago, yeah, okay, yeah. So, if we are still testing positive, our people, not everybody, but right. there's a general majority of people that continue to test positive are asymptomatic. Are they shedding? Are they spreading? Right. <laughs> or is it that we continue to test this in a manner that has already been known that these people are going to continue to test positive? We all may continue to test positive, and maybe I have already had it because there are some people that have minimal symptoms. I may or may not have passed it to people, but if I become sick again, let's say I wanted to go back to your flu. That's yeah. where are the flu cases right. that everybody's not talking about? Yeah. Are people coming in with pneumonia from flu A or B? Are we testing for that? Not everybody's getting tested for flu A or B. So they come in with pneumonia, respiratory issues or in whatnot. The, in the beginning we were though. We were yeah. and they stopped. Yeah. Um, you come in with those symptoms. Those are COVID like symptoms. Yeah. And if they are still like a majority of people that may continuously test positive, boom, we just tested you for COVID. We're putting you in isolation when quite possibly you just had one of our strains of just regular flu. And so those are my kind of ideas and questions of we're not talking about flu A or B. uh, Not a bit. Yeah. Um, Very rarely do we do double tests anymore. We used to do a, a rapid just for people that were coming in that were symptomatic. Yep. Well, is it going to pick up? Again, that's a much more rigid Q-tip to get down the nose and back there. Yep. People hate it. Yep. Um, and if you pick up, again, is that one of the people that have already had it yeah. minimally through this year? Yep. So I think those are the kinds of things that I've been thinking about yeah. lately that, you know, when you say, oh, we don't hear about the flu or we haven't talked about it, which somebody's uh, – there was a couple – Articles that brought it up. I, yeah, I don't talk about the flu. This is a major flu season. Yeah. It should be, right? It's yeah. all COVID. Now, yeah. if people are continuously to test positive because of shedding or because of how those or how the virus has been working through yeah. us, you know, are we just going to continue to see that? And then comes the push of do we really need this vaccine now? You know, um, I don't know. I'm just curious because I think there's some clinical slash real scientific method things that have been 
totally overlooked. And Absolutely. I think it's also been really difficult for everybody. Very unclear. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think these things. that this has happened so quickly, I think that's been one of the uh, one things that I don't feel like, uh, I think we, we touch base with this a little bit, but we don't emphasize it enough, is that we've had decades to learn about the flu right lots of time right we are making a lot of decisions uh not just in the hospital but uh in society in what we do from a government standpoint and all that stuff uh in real time on something that really takes a long time to know a lot about right right, right. and i think that's probably one of the the things good and bad that is challenging us right now oh yeah i mean i'm all for it yeah. it feels that you know america always loves its hero right you know oh hey we uh we battled this we came up with this you know vaccine and it, i don't even think it's we like to tell you the truth this is really bad but pfizer where the hell is pfizer based yeah BioNTech. where where are they based at moderna i, I to tell you the truth i'm not going to sit there and say hey warp speed made this happen here right. in america right. um i you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's again, like now that we're talking, it's, it's nice to reflect and I'll spend more time looking that up because, you know, I do want to try to find answers to these questions. I think they're valid. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't want to blindly tell people to take a vaccine. I think that that's been such a misconception. Um, there's been so many issues, uh, with ailments that we can continue to, uh, harm people with them. Um, and some people don't care, uh, that, they want herd immunity yeah. in any shape, fashion, form. Um, and they don't give a shit whether it hurts them or their kids yeah. or anybody yeah. else. They just want to make sure that, damn it, we're safe. Right. And I think that's hard to deal with because, yeah, that's scary. That then then you have fear. That yeah. fear drives you yeah. to continually think in that way when maybe because of that fear or even anger with how politicized uh, we have become yeah. when people get so damn out of their shorts yep. that they, I think that's, that, is, that makes for an opportunity for mistakes right. and overlooking things that maybe we could all come together to go, Hey, I'm thinking about this. This is valid. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to be shunned for having a thought and thinking, you know, uh, right. it's tough. Yeah. Uh, you know, we become a part of a, a society that is a, uh, drop dime, thought uh right. with comments yeah everybody's yeah. got an opinion you know yeah. we're all we well, all have assholes we all got opinions yeah you know and it just it, that driving force of trolling and pissing somebody off and right want to drop the mic on somebody yeah, has really absolutely. Uh, gotten pretty pathetic yeah it has i think but. you know i'm of the opinion as i said uh i've gotten one uh, way more vaccines than I ever thought I would have in my life uh, working in healthcare, right? We get vaccinated for everything. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, and then being type 1 diabetic on top of that, I've been taking flu vaccines, um, you know, since I could add. Um, and for me, it's a no-brainer, but that's my decision, right? And I, I think in my particular cases that we were talking about before, when I 
when I weigh the risks of the vaccine for me versus not taking the vaccine because I'm diabetic and because of how uh, much this affects people with diabetes, as I've shown, um, it's worth it to take the vaccine. But that's that's my call for me, right? right? And I think that's like what we were talking about last week about how we need to we need to make informed decisions for ourselves and not informed decisions for I don't need to make an informed decision for you. Right. Yeah. But then again, we were talking about how with just us in our field yeah. that we're 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 supposed to be the the teachers, yeah. the the informers, yeah. the the guides. Um and I have a hard time with that if I have questions. Uh -huh. And sure. You know, I think science as far as how we had been going true science is, is an ongoing process. It we is. have, yeah. you know, we don't have a cure for cancer. <laughs> now we could see other things that might be physiologically medicines that may help it. Um, other foods, other things. So again, there, then there's a whole nother aspect of talking. Yeah. You know, what's the driving force of keeping it unknown? And that's my question as well. Is it really that mm -hmm. mysterious? Or is it that, uh, you know, those people that made the engine out of steam, out of water, you can run a combustible engine on that. We don't use that. We don't, who was that? What, what man did that, you know, or little things that we love to have as far as just everyday, uh, things that we still use from Tesla. What do so. you think the possible negative um, outcomes could be for those who take the vaccine because this is an RNA vaccine. Yeah, it's a messenger RNA vaccine. Um, it has never been used uh, for a vaccine for us. It has been used. Um, it's been quite extensively used for I think the last ten years for cancer treatments, trying to uh, change certain uh, aspects of cellular. Uh, I want to say cellular life, cellular growth. Um, <laughs> but um, so aspects of it, I have a weird problem with possibly this, this is a little way out there. I think we've, we've been having vaccines uh, that contain materials that we may not see the effects of uh, for years down the road. Um. That's just my own deal for right now. Mm -hmm. For an instant acute setting, um, I just wanted to wait, just like everybody waits for the, you know, an, another uh, version of Windows or another version of iOS. You know, you don't want the original right off the bat. You know, and then you hear all these horror stories. Oh, this person did this. For the most part, I haven't seen anything acutely with the majority of my colleagues. I got a sore arm. It hurts. Okay. You, you get a tetanus shot. That's what happens. Okay. You get almost, yeah. You know, it goes down to your fingertips, your wrists hurt, whatever, you know. I get it. Um, I have not seen, nobody has talked about a major repercussion acutely. Mm -hmm. um, again, I have questions. Um, most of our DNA, you know, a good 97, 90-ish percent of our DNA is viral bacteria DNA. Yep. We code for about three to four percent to be a human. Yeah. 
And that's intriguing to me. What the hell is all that shit doing in there? And is that a part of the science that we don't talk about or know about? What are the things that we're putting into our genome that might have repercussions later? Is it a problem that I might have some weird form of cancer later? Um, when you talk about inserting or manipulating your DNA, that's kind of a, it's a little concerning. Sure. So I'm still, like I said, I've got questions. You know, that's, and that's something we don't know about COVID too. Right. That's something, you know, look at Guillaume Bier. Yeah. For example. Who's when, that? It's, uh, a, it's a secondary to a viral infection. It's, it's a. I said, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> it's named after the person, the scientist. Um, um, it's basically a uh, secondary, a condition secondary to a viral infection that um, kind of shuts down your neurologic system uh, in a similar way that Lou Gehrig's does. Um, and uh, it can hospitalize people and put them on a ventilator for a long time to the point where they get... You said this is neurological? Yep. Yeah. It basically... Did you see this article the other day? About... Three days ago. No, what's up? Doctors in Missouri said a three-year-old boy experienced a stroke after he tested positive for COVID-19 mm -hmm. and what they called a possible example of the neurological effects associated with the coronavirus pandemic. Yeah. The toddler, um, Colt P Paris, was... Let's take my glasses off. <laughs> was recuperating on Thursday at the University of Missouri's Women's and Children's Hospital in Columbia, Missouri, after surgery to address a brain clot. Mm -hmm. uh, NBC affiliate KSN-TV reported, he is expected to make a full recovery, doctors told the outlet. Dr. Uh, Dr. Gomez, a neurologist, a neuro... neuro Neurologist. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm fucking having a stroke right now. <laughs> At the hospital said the doctors were examining the extent of the link between COVID-19 and neurological problems. The COVID diagnosis is important because we think the reason why patients with COVID, including the child, have strokes and a variety of other problems is that they have the propensity to form clots. As right. do diabetics. Yeah. yeah. Gomez told the station, researchers since... Uh, the start of the pandemic have looked at possible association between the coronavirus and blood clots, including those affecting a patient's brain. Yep. A study of 214 patients earlier this year in Wuhan found more than a third had neurological manifest manifestations of the disease, including loss of consciousness and stroke. U.S. doctors have also documented and studied blood clots and strokes among COVID-19 patients. Yes, Colt it. tested positive for COVID-19 antibodies and hours later lost the ability to move his right arm and leg. Hmm. Um, yeah, that sounds so. more clottish like than so Guillain-Barre or uh, myasthenia gravis. They both they, they, they're very similar. They and attack see, the myelin sheath. Now, so do you think. No, go ahead. No, that's, you're fine. That's part of the... The, the neurological part is yeah. that the virus itself... Now, I don't know the exact mechanism of how or why uh, it, they why it wouldn't be bacterial if you had you know meningitis or you had why it's viral. It obviously is changing the DNA. It's changing those cells to turn into something else. Maybe they don't recover enough. 
at that point, but it starts to tear apart the myelin sheath, which is the outside covering of your nerve endings as you have signals that run from your brain to the fingertip or wherever else in your body. Mm -hmm. So that sheath or that insulation that, that takes uh, your electrical signals is broken. So it is very stroke-like. But what with that is that in months' time it repairs itself. Yeah. Um, you're able to recover most of the time from that. But when it gets super serious is when it hits the parts of the nerves that stops innervating or making your lungs move. So um, anyways, but that's, again, a neurological thing that we haven't yeah. talked about enough. But if you start to see these, then they can deem it as, oh, hey, it's always been secondary to a viral infection. And well, again, and I don't know what the mechanism behind that is. But my other point to <clears throat> bringing that up was that they've found a link between Guillain-Barre and uh, cancer. Oh, really? A direct link, yeah. Wow. A couple months ago, they published it. I'd like to read um, that. And uh, it kind of goes back to what you were getting to with when we mess with um, the bacteria and the virus, all of them that live within us, right. um, we are not just messing with just that virus, right? Right. And um, that was one example. We don't know. I mean, there could be a whole slew of things. Right. Um, that COVID is going to be linked to, but we won't know that for another 10 years. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when did it, the, the human genome project just ended what in the last five years, mm -hmm. 10 years, maybe five, 10 years. I don't know exactly, but I think it's kind of wild in this day and age that we have mapped out human DNA finally. Yeah. And now we're just going to go ahead and fuck with it. <laughs> um, so what that's does weird, do you think the same, like I was, Talking to our friend Nate mm, yesterday, yeah. and he, going on, what, about three weeks after he was diagnosed with, maybe even four. It's been a month, if yeah. not a little more. I could actually check right, out. Look at like, his text yeah, when he was like, dude, I got COVID. Yeah. He still can't taste or smell. Yeah. Really? He didn't say that to me. Mm -hmm. He He's was still, also, <laughs> yeah, yeah, had quite a few beers with us. Yeah. So do, do you think that's a, uh, a reaction from the neurological because it can't be it, usually when somebody gets sick with the flu or a cold they can't taste or smell because their sinuses are messed up right right because there's a coating right that's yeah. just blocking your right. sense of smell it's not your taste no but you're just it those nerves are not being right they're all jacked up at the yeah, moment but it's not the the uh myelon sheath Right, I don't. Yeah, that's that, being affected that like I know COVID of. does. So, right. do you think that this could be like the taste, the sense of taste and smell could be a neurological? I'm gonna look it up. You actually. know what? It, I don't see that. That is, I haven't yet heard, and I, I would love to. I think people need to open up and start. Somebody needs to start writing this stuff down and taking account for it. People being a part of a book or a show or a documentary. Yeah. There is or had been, and I should have probably maybe joined, uh, there was a Facebook group of, and at that time it was 101 days. And I think that that's, they continue with the days. I, again, I haven't looked it up, but these were people that were continuously having symptoms and problems. Mm -hmm. um, and in general, uh, Ty feels it, that he had it, it. He still has issues. I'm saying, I'm saying um, that it is uh, a neurological thing right not the yeah not the fl not well, the normal flu losing yes. your yeah but the covid having that gone but what's wild is i guess what i was getting at and i'll hurry it up and it it does come back 
for, for most. Yeah. So what's that all about? So your question again, like, is it neurological? What, what, what's it going to do? Is it going to stick around? We, not everybody has these long-term effects, right. you know, lingering, right. but there's a lot of people that do. So what's the deal here? You know, um, it was weird for me. I didn't even notice, uh, that my sense of taste changed until it came back. If that makes sense. Yes. Because, uh, I mean, you didn't realize that you lost it. Yeah. Um, I didn't even, uh, because you were just shoveling stuff in. <laughs> <laughs> I might know. I, nor- I normally just shovel shit in my mouth. To- <laughs> but, um, I, uh, after my stroke, we went out, um, and got some carry out from, uh, Chatelaine mm-hmm. and, um, I'm eating their, I think it was tomato basil soup with Angela. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is the best tomato basil <laughs> soup I've ever had. And she's like, yeah. And I, I was like, no, I mean, you can taste all, you know, and I started going through it and she's like, it tastes just like it always does, Billy. And I'm, and I, I kept having this response, mm-hmm. uh, to food that I ate. And after about three days of this, I was like, you know what? I think I, I think I might have lost some of my taste. Like I've like I've before, be, but like back in March. Yeah. Yeah. Because I kept thinking everything changed with me with the stroke. I'm partially blind, um, and I didn't lose uh, any motor control or anything like that. But the blindness in particular, and then I had, and probably still do have some memory issues, but I had huge attention deficit problems um, following the stroke. And uh, so I'm going through this slew of issues that I'm recovering from. Meanwhile, I notice that I'm tasting everything way more than I ever did before. So is it a heightened sense? Yeah. Mm. And, but at the same time, uh, I become partially blind and I'm hearing differently than I heard before my stroke. Mm -hmm. And uh, thinking about that, I'm like, ah, well, I lost a lot of my vision. So, um, I've heard lots of stories about people's sense of hearing changing when they lose their vision. Right. Um, and the brain does a lot of things to compensate when one thing is not working right. It will, um, change the way other things work to try and compensate. It's based of our survival mechanism. And the brain is one is the, the most dynamic organ we can possibly imagine. We know. So, uh, we know a lot about the brain, but we still don't know a lot about the brain's potential, for example. Right. Um, so I just kind of took that for granted. Like, Oh, I, I I had a stroke. My vision's messed up. You know, it's somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. The more I thought about it, I'm like, wait a minute. I don't think I don't think I could taste very well before and I just didn't notice it. I just keep going through my day. Um, and you know, this is, this is my memory and you know, memory is only what 30% accurate, (laughs) but, um, Angela goes, you know what? You remember that day? Um, there was rotten, rotten chicken in our fridge. 
she came home from work and she was like, oh, what is that? It's nauseating. I'm, I feel like I'm going to throw up. <laughs> like I took a shower. And I was like, good. Oh, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> like, I was like, I think I'm good. I changed like, my clothes I know today. I've been in the house all day. But <laughs> and she's like, no, something's bad in the fridge. And we start going through the fridge and we pulled out um, some chicken we bought at the grocery store. Um and it was still wrapped in the like cellophane and all that stuff. It was green. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And she That's was like, this is what shit. it is. And <laughs> I was like, I don't smell that at all. And she was like, you don't smell that. I that go, was after the stroke or before this is, uh, before the stroke. Okay. But after um, COVID, but after, after COVID long time after, uh, yeah. I mean, it was at least three months. After I had healed. So like July, mid, 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 uh, summer. Yeah. And she peeled back the cellophane. I was like, yeah, I don't smell smell anything. She's like, get it out of the house. It's green. She's like, you don't smell it. So you get to take it out to the garbage, right? (laughs) And, um, I was like, huh, that's weird. But I didn't feel like I lost my sense of smell. I just couldn't smell that rotten chicken. But if I made some toast, I could smell the toast. Yeah. Rotting meat is a weird yeah. thing anyway. Yeah. yeah. Like sometimes I don't smell it until it's, you know, a couple right. days. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? I was it's leaving like, it out, man. Don't they do that in New York? They just they'll leave meat yeah. out on the get a little moldy, funky. <laughs> well when we were in Prague or you know, when I was in Prague, <laughs> yeah. I remember like just they would off. just they would just take big I took a picture of a, of a storefront window because it had it was like all fucking moldy. Hey, like, that's a good a barbecue sauce for. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little garlic, salt yeah, and pepper. Hey, what, what do they call that? That's that's an actual that's a thing. I, I never got into it, but anyways, what's that? Just molded meat. Yeah, cured and then. Yeah, took, that took, is an actual yep, thousand year old egg. Right? Ooh, dude, that's <laughs> yeah. So. Um, <laughs> I think uh, years of smoking, drinking, and drugging sure. kind of messed with my absolutely sense of smell a little bit. Like I smell, I I ever since I quit smoking six years ago, yeah, um, I smell better. Like I, oh, yeah. aromas oh, come yeah. to me oh, a yeah. lot. Yeah. So, but so that was the that's the frontal lobe that is the sense of uh, taste and smell. Yep. Um. No. So. Uh huh. So back to your. I just got thought. news that oh, yeah. my my boss has COVID. Oh, oh just now? No, just right there. Uh, no, he. <laughs> no, <laughs> interestingly, interestingly, great enough, show. Got COVID. <laughs> All right, guys, time to close down. Um, a week ago, Friday. No, a week ago Sunday, he was like, "Hey, can you go in uh, this week? Because I work from home." Mm-hmm. And so I was like, yeah, uh, damn it. Sure. <laughs> so a couple of days I went in, but he had COVID and he was home. He was working from home and he just sent me a text. He's in ICU. Is he really? What? Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. That's not That's good. the text you just got. Yep. I'm in the ICU, dude. Well, at least he can text you that. That's, yeah, that's, a, that's a good sign. <laughs> I know now, that was a giggle. Right. I just probably shouldn't, but well. You know, you get used to it. Yeah, I think it's I, pretty jaded. I, guess. I don't think I don't think you know. I was having a conversation 
um, with my sister over Christmas. And um, we were uh, talking about uh, my dad, who's like 87 years old. Right. Um, and uh, he's still trucking around like he's 60, honestly. And he had made a comment. He said, you know, if I, cause he's, uh, he had prostate cancer, had his prostate removed and it came back. And, um, he said, you know, I'm not going to do anything drastic. Um, prostate cancer is a very slow growing cancer. So he said, I'm 87. I'm not too worried about it. Like I'm just going to be healthy. Most she's, of those cells are dying off quicker. Yeah, you know, yeah, no yeah exactly. And she's the kind of person where she's like, no, you need to do, if you need to do chemotherapy, oh, you need to do that. And, you know, my dad's like, uh, no, I, I don't need to, yeah. I don't need to be miserable. The last right. five years of my life, seven years just of my so life. Just so I can make it miserably more Instead, ten, you know? let's just let me enjoy <laughs> the last three years of my sure, life, you know? Sure. And, um, I was having that conversation with her and she said, man, you have no heart. And I was like, like uh... I, I was like, I've watched somebody die every day for the past 10 years. That's what I do for a living. And it might not be my patient, but working in a hospital and in an ICU, somebody, somebody, people die frequently yeah. and you hear those statistics and you don't think about it. Right. Yeah. Um, whatever, whatever it is. Every, and we could sit and talk about that. Yeah. Every just, couple of seconds. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, I'm like, you have to, you have to remember, I watch people do everything from a miraculous recovery to a horrible, slow, torturous oh, death. Yeah. And so in thinking about that, when I'm talking about my loved ones or myself, you know, I'm not telling anybody else what to do, but I kind of, I, I would put quality over quantity and that's what my dad wanted to. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, but I think when you, when you uh, talked about your giggle, we definitely yeah. have that yeah. perspective, uh, because of what we do for a living. Macabre yeah. idea, but you know, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I no, 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 you're fine. I just said it goes, rabbit hole. no, I do. My head <laughs> goes right there. Cause you know, it's oncology and you yep. know, their veins and yeah. well, all that stuff with, is garbage. You poke them. Yep. And well, coat uh, and my boss was like, turn them into a goo. Yeah. He, um, there's two, uh, s stories out of this. Sure. He has been like a diehard, uh, masker. Uh huh. You know, yeah. he, he, he never, even when, if you walk into his office, he's like, Whomp. yep. You know, but we all know that that uh, the theory of the mask went uh, immediately to this is protecting other people from yep. you. Yeah. OK. Which makes a lot more sense. Yeah. That's the way it should have been in the beginning. And it, I, I, it wasn't right at first. I don't think anybody understood that. And then I don't want to cut you off too much. I just go ahead. So he was no, a diehard. No, no, like he was a diehard masker. Um, so, you know, um, I remember watching uh this is a couple months ago uh okay he said that he's here because he's having uh he's in the icu because he's having difficulty breathing yeah okay. um so i saw this uh they just diagnosed me with bilateral pe's yeah <laughs> it's oxygen low without help yeah yeah and if he's in the icu they're anticipating and needing a lot of help They've been trying to use heated high flow over intubating yeah. them. Yeah, that'll be 
So there's like, there's different levels of breathing help that we can do. Um, you know, the people that you see at the mall with oxygen tanks and the little tubing mm -hmm. across their nose, that's a nasal cannula. Um, that's, that's just extra oxygen. That's all it is. Um, so he's, he was diagnosed with COVID uh, about, let me see. It's been about, he was at work on Friday. He, he took the test on Saturday. He got the result back on Sunday. And this was last week. Yeah. Yep. Like, so we're talking about before Christmas, right? Right, right timing. Okay. Yeah. So the, he was at home all week last week mm -hmm. right. and he was actually feeling better. Yeah. I've heard that a lot too. Yeah. You can go yeah. through a period. The first week is awesome. And yeah. then the second week just is a bitch. That's how it was for us. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Cause didn't she, did, didn't Angela, she didn't come down with it until like what the 13th, 14th day, day yeah. after. Yeah. And well, then it the got symptoms, worse. That's yeah, the symptoms. symptoms. Yeah. And then once you guys heard the diagnosis, how long did it go before you were so having that talk? We had um, day one, we think for us was uh, we felt hungover. That yeah. was the best way to describe it. We hadn't had anything to drink forever. And um, yeah, we, right. we felt, yeah, I mean, forever. <laughs> like it's it had been like three days, four days. <laughs> <laughs> Forever. <laughs> Damn it. And um, Angela was like, man, I feel hungover. And I, f I didn't feel hungover yet. And I was like, oh, maybe you just got dehydrated yesterday. Didn't notice it. Get some rest. Drink some water. Next day, she's like, I still feel hungover. And this is, this is like March. So this is before... There was lots of testing. There was anything going on. And we were just ramping up at the hospital for everything at this yeah. point in time. Yeah. Um, and uh, third day, she's like, I still feel the same. I don't feel worse. I just feel hungover. Um, and then I started to kind of feel that way. And so the next day she went and got tested. Um, and her test came back positive. Three days after that, she started having breathing trouble. I was then lagging her by about a day. Um, and uh, on about our 10th, 12th day in that, that time frame, we were having a talk about what happens if one of us doesn't make it. It yeah. was that bad. Um, and I kind of feel like if we weren't both nurses, um, then we would, we would have gone in the hospital long oh, before we did. Yeah. Yeah. But Within. you never did though. I called, uh, our doctor and, um, he said, well, it, you can either go to the emergency department, uh, and get admitted. Or, uh, if, if you feel like you're doing okay, you know, it's okay to stay home It just make sure you don't you know, when you start feeling like you're going to lose consciousness, you need to do something. Right? <laughs> I think it's a hard thing to say to somebody. I mean, right. well, when's that next step? Especially right. for, for us being nurses, we're like, yeah. wait a minute. Have so I really what about, been there? I have, uh, and then this is, um, and we all make these quote unquote mistakes. I don't think they're mistakes. I think it's natural for everybody to think, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to be in the hospital. Right. All right. And so for us, it was, we had the talk, um, because, she would go through the exhaustion was terrible. It was horrible. Mm -hmm. Um, I would literally get up and walk 
20 feet into our bathroom and have to lay down on the floor for a little bit, get some rest, go to the bathroom, get halfway back to our bedroom, which is not very far, take another break, and then crawl into bed and lay down. That's for a crazy. While. Um, Why is that? Because you can't, you're not getting oxygen? I think uh, it's two it's at least two different things so i think definitely because we weren't getting good oxygen at that point um my vision was blotchy so that's a pretty clear indication that you're not getting enough oxygen but i think uh when you are sick um all of your cellular energy goes to fighting the virus and maintaining your uh, balance your homeostasis is the fancy word we use for that, but it uses all of your, uh, the energy in your mitochondria, which is the part of your cell. That's like kind of the energizer bunny. Um, is that how you would describe I'd it? I like that. You like that? I like right. that. Um, and so all of your reserve energy is used to keep your body from keep your cells from dying. Right. And that all put together in fighting the virus wipes out all of your reserve energy. So any energy you might have to use your muscles is almost gone. Um, then pile on the fact that you're not probably not exchanging oxygen and carbon dioxide very well mm -hmm. makes it the perfect storm to not be able to walk to the bathroom. So the second thing remember how i said that was a yeah. two-parter right the second thing was uh on thursday he texted me and he was like um the thursday after yeah this was so this was christmas eve okay he was like when you go into the in the work you're shipping i had to ship out blankets to like employees it was like our yeah whatever christmas um, gift yeah right. oh i stopped and um I was talking to his boss and I was getting the blankets and he had COVID too. And he, he was like, um, he said that he, he was fine. He woke up the next day, uh, went to a, a dentist appointment. They checked him there and he went home and he woke up and he just kind of didn't feel right. So he took his temperature and it was a little high. It was like one Oh, 100.4. Yeah. Or no, it was 100.3, and 100.4 is where the they cut off. The yeah. cutoff. So he's like, oh, I won't go into work. And by the time he got to work, they did it again, and he was like 100.4. So he's like, I'm just going to go home. Or no, that's when he was like, I'm going to go get tested. So he went and got tested, and the next day he found out that he tested positive. Mm -hmm. And he in this, and he was gone. He was out for what they told him to stay out for. Uh, two weeks at that. Well, yeah. recently it was. This was recently. 10 days. Yeah. ten days. Seven to ten days. As we need more employees, that will decrease. Did you notice that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Exactly. As, as so many people are out sick, they're like, okay, five days. Right. Is cool. yeah. yeah. Right. So, I mean, we're we're in. The, You're good. We're we're doing the testing, so we're yeah. part of that. You yeah. Know, essential. And so I'm standing there in the office. I'm like, should I be standing here, dude? Right. Right. You know, how long is that? Um, oh, now that was a. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, we can get into that Such too. Such a huh? fucking issue. <laughs> Whether or not it was lingering, how long, if it was airborne or droplet, and anyways. Well, I mean, like, that was, because he had been back for 
five days when I saw him. So it had been 15 days since he okay, was so after positive. the fact. Okay. Yeah. And he so came he, back to work. You saw him and you were talking to him about your other boss. Yeah. And okay. he was like telling me about his, um, his COVID uh, story. And he had never felt bad. Yeah. You know, he kind of felt drained a little bit one mm-hmm. day. And he yeah. was like, that was about it. Yeah. Right. And um, so I'm like, okay. And I'm like, but you still could, I mean, is there a chance that he still could be contagious? Yes. Right. So I was like, I'm going to go ahead and go, dude. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, Merry, uh, Merry Christmas. Thanks, I buddy, for it. your story. But I'm out yeah. Of here. Um, I just let myself out. Well, Holmes, I'll smell you later. So, um, and then I went over to the uh, warehouse and I'm like sitting in my office and I get a text from my boss. And he's like, I think I might go to the hospital. This was on Christmas Eve. And he's like, I I'm, I don't know if I'm feeling like I'm going to pass out or if it's just like a brain fog. And I f- think that I'm thinking that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can work yeah. up a big deal of anxiety. Yeah. And I think a lot of stuff has happened yeah. with yep. that as well. And, and so his, his, hus- or his, um, his partner stopped on his way home at noon and picked up a blood oxygen um, sensor oh, like meter. a spo2 yeah. yeah yeah pulse oximeter yeah, yeah and he tested at like 93 yeah okay and all right he was like so i'm just gonna stay home or you know i'm not going to the hospital so i was like well you know trust your instinct dude yeah you know here it is i don't know i didn't ask him when he went in but he just texted me and said that he's in the icu yeah, yeah. so what you're saying is you just don't go check yourself into the icu no nope. no uh uh-uh. it it you have to meet certain criteria. Obviously, you can go in and say, "Hey, I'm short of breath," but you know, they sure. they sit you. They they probably you go into the ED. You get set up, yep. and okay, they quarantine so gonna, you or whatever. They're, you're not like out in gin pop, right? Well, no. When you end, end yeah, up well, in, a, depend, yeah, in the, the ED, you walk into the, the ED, ED. Yeah, you're in the waiting so area, emergency department. <laughs> yeah, yeah I can know some people are like what? What's the ED? It's an ER. <laughs> What's the ER? Er. So yeah, in the ICU, you're isolated. Um, but at the same time he needed that there was an issue of his work of breathing effort and what his oxygen status on a percentage of oxygen bound to hemoglobin. That is our Paul socks, the little red dot on your finger. So when you go, (sighs) and that's, and that's what that sensor that he purchased is monitoring. Yeah. So we would like to keep that 88 and above, 90 and above. I mean, obviously, you know, a normal person is mid-90s to 100% just breathing. This air here is 21% oxygen. That's room air. Now, he goes in, he can say, I'm short of breath. Well, is he going, <gasps> you know what I mean? Like, yep. really working at it. Is he relaxed it. or is he, like, tense and sitting over? So yeah. And while right. doing that, is he... Is that oxygen being utilized? Is his lungs already, you know, are they decompensating? Meaning, is there fluid? Is there is there a pneumonia-like? Well, could that be another thing where your neurotransmitters aren't telling your blood to carry the oxygen and disperse it in the places that it needs? I that's I more of a cellular. Yeah, I don't think yeah, so. No. So you the nerves well, would that's inter- the same as a yeah. clot. So in um, that's yeah, in we the can talk about this Let's what, see physiology in the um, breathing in the case of breathing, um, breathing uh, or that because um, <laughs> oh. you're breathing heavy when you're breathing. I think mm-hmm. most people, unless you're in really good shape, 
Anyway, um, no, I'm not. I definitely breathe <laughs> a lot. I think that uh, in this scenario, when you are not getting enough oxygen, you have it is a mix of cellular biology and uh, how your um, neurology is functioning. But um, when your cells don't have enough oxygen or there's too much carbon dioxide, everything goes haywire. And um, when you are in the hospital, in the emergency department, um, or let's say you're in a hospital bed for... Uh, you know, a broken ankle, mm -hmm. right? Um, if you are meeting the this list of criteria, which is you're not maintaining enough oxygen level, that's that percentage that Jason was talking about, where if you're not 88% or higher, um, we are going to give you oxygen. If you're also working really, really hard to get that, let's say 87% even, since we're using numbers, then um, you're working super hard to breathe. We know that you're not going to last very long if you're working really hard to breathe and you're only uh, reaching 87% for your oxygen level in your blood. So if you have those two combinations of criteria going, we know that we are going to have to do the breathing for you pretty soon. And because of that, just supplementing the oxygen is not going to work. So when you're not oxygening, uh, oxygenating well, but you're relaxed, you're comfortable, we can just give you some extra oxygen through that nasal cannula that I was talking about. Um, <clears throat> we'll watch as we put that nasal cannula on. We can um, adjust the amount of oxygen that we give you, the percentage of oxygen. So we change that 21% to, say, 25 or 28%, right? Mm -hmm. In doing that, we'll watch your blood oxygen level go from 87% to 94%. Hopefully. Say. Right, <laughs> hopefully. Um, you'll still look relaxed. You'll still be feeling okay. And actually, you'll start to feel much better after some time. <clears throat> if you're still working really hard to breathe, that means even though we're giving you extra oxygen, it's not getting in enough. And there are a lot of, re of things that can cause that. Remember when we were talking about COVID, um, when you get the viral infection, it sits in the um, tiny sacs in your lungs that exchange carbon dioxide and oxygen. Mm -hmm. When those fill up with fluid from the virus sitting in there, um, it takes a lot more pressure to move that oxygen and carbon dioxide. And so the only way we can do that at that point is to force the air into your lungs. The, um, and there are uh, two machines that we use to force the air into your lungs before we put the tube in your mouth and put you on the quote-unquote breathing machine. So we can put you on a CPAP machine mm -hmm. um, that's similar to the CPAP machine that people wear at home who have sleep apnea. What that is doing is forcing air into your lungs because it's closing off in your throat, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, but it's the same kind of, um, idea behind it. We're forcing air into your lungs. We can do different settings of that and change the way which we force the air in and let air come out. Um, if that's still not working, 
Then we bump it up to the breathing machine. We put the tube in your mouth um, and we put you on a breathing machine. Um, and that's kind of uh, the last fix, so to speak. Mm -hmm. When someone is struggling with that nasal cannula, they're not doing well, and we think they might need a breathing machine, might need that tube in their mouth, mm -hmm. instead of waiting until it's too late, we're going to go ahead and move you to the ICU because that's our job in the ICU. We put people on breathing machines and we take them off breathing machines every day. Mm -hmm. So instead of let you, letting you sit in the emergency department, we're going to go ahead and move you to the ICU if you're already meeting all that criteria and not looking great. So if somebody gets moved to the ICU, they're probably on some kind of assistance. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so without even asking my boss, he, he we could assume that, with a great accuracy that yeah. he's probably either on uh, oxygen. I'd say he's on heated high yeah. flow right now. Yeah. It's basically right before like a CPAP or BiPAP. Yeah. Um, they're probably forcing so much damn air down his nose. But for him to be texting you, then, you know, he's doing, he's okay, doing okay right now. Yeah. Um, cause when, once they, he can still, I mean, if he's still awake, there's still been people that have still text while he's on a BiPAP. You could even ask him what machine you on. Um, he's awake, so he's not on a ventilator. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we'll sedate them. It's uncomfortable and it can cause a lot more anxiety, uh, to be awake on a ventilator. So. He's awake and he's texting. So what? You. What do you think? The if he's awake and he's texting me, he's probably heated high flow. Yeah, that's my At guess. Worst, Wait, yeah. worst case scenario, yeah. heated high flow. Heated high flow. You know, and who knows? I mean, I'm not gonna ask him that. Yeah, that's you don't have to. Yeah, he yeah. can just be like, "Hey, man, I'm glad you're able to text me." Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, they've they've seen more. We used to prophylactically. Do you feel uh, like I explained that shit? Definitely. Well, yeah. All right. Yep. Feel free to, I mean. Oh, that's I'm, good. I'm just, I'm listening, hanging out. Remember, I had a stroke. I might not even remember this. And you're like, wait a minute, man. Did I actually accurately talk about a nasal cannula? Billy, I yeah. watched your episode with JP. Yeah. Why didn't Jason, why did JC not say about? anything? <laughs> he just like, we watched him crash and burn. <laughs> right, right. He's like, oh, let me see. I haven't seen it. <laughs> That part where you talked about Maybe butterflies was that. weird, dude. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, so um, think about that um, feeling. Uh, do you remember as a kid or as an adult going to the swimming pool and swimming underwater and seeing how far you can get swimming underwater? Mm -hmm. That feeling that you had right before you came up to get a breath because you couldn't hold your breath anymore. Mm -hmm. That feeling of, oh, shit, I need to take a breath now. Mm -hmm. That's what happens when carbon dioxide builds up in your system too much and you need to get rid of that carbon dioxide. It's, it's actually not the lack of oxygen that causes you to do that. It's the need to get rid of the carbon dioxide. Okay. Because when you get too much carbon dioxide in your, your body, your, uh, your brain starts to say you're not going to make it if you don't get rid of this carbon dioxide. And That's the neurological response that yeah. you're, you're thinking of. People get extremely anxious, very confused. Um, and when I tell people about this, that's why I always say, think about that moment mm -hmm. right before you take a breath. And when they think back, they often say, well, I can't remember. All I knew is I had to take a breath at that point, right? That's because everything else shuts down. That's your uh, fight or flight. Fight, or yeah. 
I don't it's necessarily. Part of that process, I think but. when you asked earlier, I think for the whole process of what we just went through, and maybe I could be wrong, but I think you were getting at does COVID neurologically change it so that you're not able to breathe? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, not yeah. with the pneumonia. Yeah. And I think we were sitting, at least I no, was. No, I was, I was saying. Because um, you know how you said before, you know, neurologically, the, the, the clots, the, yeah. the stroke, the, yeah. when we talked about Guillain-Barre and, and having a, a neurological problem that COVID could end very well. I was saying possibly instead, create. Of, instead of the virus attacking the cells sure. uh, in your lungs per se, more it would be attacking the cells like the neurological. Right. That's, that's, that's what I'm getting at. So yeah. you need to be able to innervate your lungs to breathe, right? Yeah. And that's a signal meant from you know, brain to your lungs coming down through whatnot. Um, I was curious. That's what, that's a good question. If things are being changed, why not? If it changed it, then you would totally lose breathing your lungs wouldn't open does that make sense that's Guillain-Barre Masthenia gravis when you lose let's say COVID was tearing apart the myelin sheath neurologically the signals are not making it that means you wouldn't breathe at all your lungs do not open and that's because that's the neurological link the nerves that go from your brain to the muscles that uh, are used to expand your lungs and open your lungs up aren't working. Mm -hmm. So I'm not necessarily sure. Like I was trying to catch that just yeah. to see, Hey, yeah. okay, maybe, um, would it create an effort more of an effort? Sure. If you're losing a little bit, let's say yeah. not everything is totally cut or like, you know, cause you slowly with yeah. myasthenia gravis and you and Barre, it starts from feet to head or head to feet. Right. They're one and almost the same thing. And you have to be intubated for both. Yep. Um, because you will die. So could it? Maybe. I, I, so what do you think? Um, I, for me, I'm like, that's definitely a neurologist answer. That right, exactly. <laughs> like, I, so I if know. this virus is so much different than the flu, uh, then the, the push for the vaccination. Um, so you, earlier in the, in the program, you yeah. said that, uh, you would probably get it. I saw Angela got it. Yep. Uh, I'm scheduled Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. Um, the 28th. And it's because you are um, air on the side that it's uh, it helps the herd immunity. And in, in your scenario, you're also a nurse and you're dealing with it. I'll be perfectly honest. Because um, your wife's telling you. <laughs> 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 no, it's actually much more selfish than that. I'll be perfectly honest. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, um, I would rather err on the side of getting the vaccination and having whatever side effect of the vaccination than err on the side of getting COVID. And this is again, this is um, not mandatory through OSU right now. Right, right, not yet. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. I wouldn't be surprised if at some point for no, nurses no. it came. Right, because even with the flu vaccination. Um, they make it, uh, in all hospitals, they make it pretty close. Um, yeah, I think mandatory. we got some time. It's, yeah. it's still approved only for emergency use yep. and they could turn around and be like hydrochloric. Yeah. Hy hydroxychloroquine yeah. and be like, Oh fuck, we just fucked a bunch, bunch of people up. Yep. Let's uh, go back to the drawing board. But so. I, like for us, for now the is the hydroxychloroquine, uh, a treatment right now? No, no, they stopped it. Never was. And is that, 
It never was. I gave it. They, I mean, we gave it. We yeah, it was it given was another emergency use. But, but it was the same thing that I was talking about. We really don't. We're doing a lot of reaching to try and do the safest thing right now. Mm-hmm. And um, why was that um, knocked off the old? Uh, it didn't. It didn't. My understanding. I could be wrong. Uh, please fact check. But um, <laughs> my understanding was there wasn't enough uh, outcomes that would support using it. Right. So even though they used it, it didn't show any change in the patients that they, they were in a significant amount of patients that they were using it on. Um, so the whole theory behind the statistic that people in Africa weren't um, contracting COVID at the higher numbers because they were already on hydroxychloroquine. Yeah. yeah. That's I, just uh, it's because there's a more fr- a further distance between people. Yeah. Already. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. I I, I my, beg to differ I on it just a little bit. Yeah. That's all. Please, please. No, no, no. I, no. I mean, you guys have a. It's a valid point. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily think it was just a matter of distance. I I think we still. Yeah. No, I agree. I think it's a matter 100%. of money. I really do. I think it comes down to a matter of money and who has the say on what we're going to use. I don't think there's been massive. We feel like. We, at least what I've seen. And I could be wrong. I could be totally wrong. But I don't see that convalescent plasma, uh, remdesivir, or hydroxychloroquine, um, along with ventilator treatment, I don't think any of it has really changed much. I know that they yeah. found that, hey, we shouldn't be using the ventilator prophylactically yeah, because as much we have as possible. awful outcomes. You cause barotrauma. You're, you're, you're in, you basically can cause too many more problems than what it's good for uh, prophylactically because they yeah. just, you know, waiting it out could be okay. So I wonder what the most recent numbers are like uh, people who have it compared to people who don't. Sure. Uh, and I'm yeah. not talking about people who, well, it's hard because you can't, you never yeah. know because unless you've been tested. Yeah. Right. But like, I wonder if you could just test everybody right now. What, the numbers are. So I would look at not necessarily a positive or negative thing with the PCR. Uh, I think it's, I think it's, there's too many variables that can, yeah, yeah, that, that can change it, that make it. Yeah. We were swapped. It came back positive. Yeah. We were swabbed. We were negative, but I felt like shit. If they could Um, have an accurate antibody test there, that would be, that's, that would be the serum antibody test and then could show, but it won't tell you when they had it or if you, currently have it you know so for um, for your question for for what you were thinking about that would be the most reliable answer you could get would be an accurate antibody test yeah. see i so wonder um if 95 percent of that were tested are come back positive then why do we need to continue well see like okay i watched this thing a couple months ago and it was uh it was pretty cool the way it was a website on my phone and I was scrolling and it was cool how like the things would move on the website that made it like that I continued to read the entire thing, mm-hmm. the interactivity or their interaction or whatever. And it was like, okay, the theory was um, that if you are in a room this size, uh, 16 by 20 with eight people. And six and, feet apart from each other. Yeah, and you're all wearing <laughs> masks. Then if one person has is infected with COVID, yeah. after um, 
after four hours, mm-hmm. or no, after eight hours, all eight, how many did I say? There's eight people. Yeah. There's eight people. After 12 hours, you're all infected. Now, if you take the masks off, after six hours, yeah, you're I think all we infected. talked about this before. Yeah. Like it, yeah, Just, this is what we were talking about. So, regardless. like, my, my whole thing with the masks and stuff has been, like, people, what, what has been messed up with the message mm-hmm. so far in a year almost. Yeah, right. Is that people use that like bicyclists use helmets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. It's like, it's all, I've read, uh, like, um, thing, like things on, on, online that say it's almost safer to ride a bike without a helmet. Because if you see somebody <laughs> riding a bike without a helmet, you are much more perceptive to them swerving or whatever. Huh. Then, so you're even more, not, not them, but you as a, as a fellow traveler. Sure are more perceptive of to what they're going to do next. So like if you are wearing a mask, you know, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm good to go in right. this line where I'm a right. foot. And I think that's one of the lines of, I think where you're going to, why are we with it? You know, why do we have to have, because it's inevitable if you spend long periods of time with a mask on in a room with people there, it's going, it's, yeah. yeah. Well, it's like my annoying. whole point is I'm not an anti-masker. Sure. Right. I'm just like, a, a pro distancer. Right. Right. Sure. Right. Sure. Like I just totally because you think that you got a mask on doesn't mean that you're safe. No. Right. I got it. Doesn't. In fact, it means that you're probably less safe. Exactly. And I, I will say I, I have a exact story for this. Okay. So I'm, I, I, I'm not going to name names. I right. won't say somebody close to me. Just it's not in, me, in, in no, <laughs> in the world. <laughs> Recently, we had a holiday. Yeah. And certain family in our extended families, mm-hmm. we did get together. There was 10 of us. Yeah. Which is okay. Um, the whole family was masked. That's the limit. We're, we're talking of three children and two adults were masked uh-huh. and nobody else was. Uh-huh. They're so hardcore about it. Three children. Three children and two adults out of the ten were masked. And five were just one. Yeah, everybody else was just But you guys aren't like in a pod. So, right. It's our our extended family. Okay, so it's just like- We we have through the year gotten together, distanced. We mainly outside all Mm -hmm. through the summer, pool and all that kind of stuff. Oh, shoot. You just gave it away. (laughs) Pool's fine. Ten people in a pool, you're good. No, now we know who it is. Yeah, right. (laughs) We know what my extended family is is extended- They'll never hear this. But regardless, um, just being so adamant about having the masks on inside around everybody, but yet one particular person that was so adamant about wearing a mask all the time was right here. Yeah. Like multiple times. Yes. Having some, and then right there. And you're like, I definitely... I'm a distancer. I don't like to stand around the family. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not necessarily myself a anti-masker, um, but I'm also not super pro either. You know, hey, if the message was talked about, what, what what do we need to do? If we are in a small little community and and had no information, and let's say it was even you know a quarter of the size of this room, sure, put it on, okay. We're driving in the car, right? Yeah. But 
I just, I find it funny that it, it, it makes you a little more unsafe when you feel you've got the mask and the protection when yeah. it never yeah. really I mean, gave any hundred percent protection. It I mean, the mask that suggestion. I wear, the mask that I wear is cloth. Yeah. You know, it's um, not an N95. Well, it's not a respirator. It's, you know, it's, 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 it scientifically, it's there to slow things down. Yeah. Right. That's know? all it was to but do. But it's also yeah, all it was gathering bacteria. Right. It's doing things. You that, have other opposite or, or negative right. repercussions Out, from having that on for how long? Yeah. I mean, I mean but, but that's the, you know, that's the thing. It's like, you know, it's like, uh, what are you going to do? Right. Well, eh, fight the fight, fight the right fight. What, what are you supposed sci- to do? With scientifically, it, you know what I mean? so. scientifically, we're not thinking about those negative. Right. I, I've, I've read some things about yeah. them. I think we've lost clinic, like, like clearly uh, any kind of critical thinking about it. Hey, really don't be an asshole and yeah. try to push everybody to fucking wear these masks mm-hmm. everywhere. That makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it does. Um, it I does think- in the, in the sense that there's a stay at home order. Yeah. So with a stay at home order and a mask, um, Mandate. Mandate. Then that spread is going to be flattened. That, that curve yeah. is flattened. I recall right? that from the beginning, but it hasn't Because been nobody's flattened. doing that. Nobody's um, doing that. It's What I'm saying is people are saying it's okay to go out and do all this stuff well, yeah. because I'm wearing a mask. Right. right. Well, we had an increase. Right. You know, we had such a long summer where they started to, you know, let go of some of this and let things happen and open up. The, the talk was opening up America. You know, we don't need this. Yeah. Well, it's I, like twofold. It's like, okay, how far can you let it go? Right. When like the whole, uh, the cure can't be worse than the disease. Yeah. You know, there's people that are um, like children babies that develop their psychological uh, skills by reading people's faces mm-hmm. aren't reading those faces. Right. Children who are um, supposed, like I saw a teacher saying that like, I go into the classroom and I don't have to tell kids to shut up anymore because they're scared. Yeah. Yeah. That's a- those things are extremely like that's my back end like that's on the back of the rolodex like thinking about it, i'm like you know do we just open everything back up and go hey kids we're having fun no well, no it's, well it's like it, do we open things back up yeah and prevent all these other ripple effects from happening and let the uh survival of the fittest well that's such a hard thing to say that's Again, when I think we the first time we talked, there's this double-edged sword of thought process. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know the full aspects of what this disease can do. You know, what are the repercussions? Um, so again, I am in the middle and I go back and forth. I'm like, okay, we just let it, let it go through. So I'm trying to critically think, all right, what if the majority of us already have it? Why are we going through all of these different things? And just like the flu, and it not, kicks not people's only, asses only, sometimes. It kills people. Not only test uh, maybe once s- again. What's up, Bob? Antibody test once yeah, again. Right. Well, not only is Should it be like, putting our, our we, I think we get more bang f- from our buck if we can do good antibody tests. 
You know um, what? Let's just promote everybody to go get but blood. But is the antibody I mean, even doing anything? So, no, but that, uh, irregardless, or that's not a word, regardless <laughs> of <laughs> good old Ohio. Right? I think they actually <laughs> made it a word. That word. <laughs> I think they made it a word. Regardless of whether, <laughs> regardless of whether uh, the antibodies do anything or not, it will show if you've had the virus. Oh, okay. That means your immune system so has. So it will show that you've had the virus. Sometimes. And uh, most of the time okay. with that, though, because... Um, People that do not have a strong, my understanding is that people that don't have a strong immune response um, will not develop uh, antibodies easily, but they will still eventually develop antibodies. So then it comes down to, did they have a good immune response and when did we do the test? So there are still variables there that we will have to deal with, but we'll have to deal with those no matter what, right? It still will tell us who's had it and who hasn't more accurately than really anything else that we've been able to do so far. Do you personally right? know anybody who's passed away from from COVID, the disease? Not personally. Uh, one tier away, yes. How many people that you know has had it? Like, just a ballpark. Uh, uh, acquaintances. Mm -hmm. Like five, ten? Five to ten. Yeah, How many about, of those yeah. people do you know have been to Bernie's? <laughs> Recently? No, no. I mean, Bernie's has been closed for a while. Right. <laughs> That's what I was asking. Uh, so that, so we can test that theory is if somebody has been to Bernie's and they've, then they've got fucking COVID. bagels, man. Uh, this is good. This is pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. If I use the, the number 10, I'm going to say at least eight. <laughs> has been to Bernie's. Yeah. Bernie's. So, um, so the next thing we're going to is this new variant. Now they're saying that um, the all of the aspects of this variant are the exact same, except for that it just spreads easier. They've already said that two months ago. I know it was but, already yeah, spreading yeah. easier. But how how much easier can you get? That's a good question. You know, is it gone from droplet to airborne? Just Has it like been through smaller? a window? Did it? You know, <laughs> so what, you what are those aspects that you can no longer go visit your uh, loved ones in the nurse, nursing home right. through a window because you can get it through a window. Yeah, just by looking. I mean, I don't know. I uh, I think things have changed so much. I think I had one other aspect that may or may not go along with that. Uh, how virulent it it is or how easy that you can catch it. Um, I just going back to the idea of using, we said antibody, but mm -hmm. yet antigen, are we able to inject like normal old flu vaccines? They have been unable to create an antigen enough for us to recognize the full SARS-2. Yeah. So that's why they've moved to this mRNA for some reason just happens to be what everybody's on board with. What is it about the virus that makes it so unique that we can't use our old ways of just live attenuated yep. bits, so, chunks yeah. of SARS-2 to inject it in us and have us have a, an immune response that sees that. And yeah. I read an article about and again, down the rabbit hole, uh, that because of bio weaponry, um, 
there's another word for this. I don't have it right now, but the research too. Oh, hey, by the way, we just wanted to go ahead and we want to see if we can make humans contract this. But we all know about the bioweaponry research, all those different things that have happened. Um, that's just ongoing research. But it's I'm curious as to why they just never, um, they, were, uh, they were unable to make it so that the antigens and that we would have an immune response like we would a normal vaccine. That all the BioNTech, Pfizer, and Moderna just yeah. went with this whole mRNA. I mean, is that just like the new wave of shit? You know? Um, I still have more to do it. But it's, as far as is it more virulent because it it mutates so quickly? Again, from earlier, type oh. S, type oh. L, right. going through the summer couple months ago it's spreading faster but it's less lethal that's what i was reading yeah. now we still see people getting it mm -hmm. i still don't feel that we are anywhere like we were march april may ish like i, I just don't they're I not mean, as sick that's what I've been I, that's what i see strokes, that's I what i here. see now i think the same number the icus are full yeah um and i think that it, again the the different things that people go through the way the body's reacting mm -hmm. to it. Um, We've also gotten better at treating it. Too. That's what I would hope for. I, I, is it that it's the remdesivir? Is it that we what's jump the, on? What's the other one? Remdesivir, hydroxychloroquine, which is not used. Convalescent plasma is plasma from people who have already had COVID that donated plasma. So hopefully they have the antibodies, antibodies. and those What those is the one with the um, <clears throat> stem cells? The Trump. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Starts with an R. Well, it's not remdesivir, obviously. No, no, no. Um, I, no I don't know. I do too. I forget, it's, yeah. it's a pretty funky name. You, you want to look it up. I haven't been up there on the uh, ICUs to use that. I think I've given it once when it first came through. Because they, they shipped that out, what, a month ago? Yeah. They shipped it to the hospitals and... One of the articles I was reading about said, oh, they don't know what to do with it. Ah, they don't know how to. I'm like, whatever. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, but 10 years from now, we're going to look back. We're, and hopefully, I think we will. But um, we'll look back at some things. And we'll go, oh, yeah, that didn't do anything. I right. just thought it did. Right. You know, whatever. Right. We're going to go through that. Regeneron. Regeneron. Yeah. Okay. Was, yeah. What um, else is that called, though? Like, what is Regeneron? Like, as a Megatron. Hmm. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> no more COVID. Right. <laughs> the 12-year-old in me I know, always right? comes out. That's awesome. <laughs> I don't, like, I, I personally, I think we've no, uh, my very, very dumb understanding of biology is that we've known this um, virus is very similar in structure to the cold virus, mm -hmm. to many cold, to the cold, the corona cold virus. That mutates uh, very quickly. Um, it's one of the reasons it's very difficult to have a cure for the cold. Mm -hmm. um, I think that a lot of people, although we couldn't be definitive about what we were saying, felt that, yeah, this is going to be an issue with this coronavirus because it is already the type of virus that mutates 
um, more rapidly than um, other structure of viruses. Well, I think They're most viruses have been it, around it, yeah. for so long yeah. that, uh, you know, I um, was talking to somebody who's a virologist, mm -hmm. and they said that this is so strange because it's man-made. Mm -hmm. Well, and that uh, this mRNA just Did happens you, to go ahead and fix that nice little spike protein that mm -hmm. causes it to attached to us. Do you listen to odd. anything by Michael Osterholm? Mm -mm. Um, check his stuff out. Uh, he is from the University of Minnesota. He's an epidemiologist. Mm -hmm. um, he kind of uh, speaks to that quite a bit. And um, mm -hmm. I put a lot of value in the stuff that I've heard him talk about. I've been listening to him every chance I get since March of last year. Um, in February of last year. Even. Well, as an RN, you probably should. And <laughs> <laughs> he, um, but he was it's one a of the throwback, to right? Before we were recording, <laughs> you'll hear it in a little bit. He, um, he has, uh, I think he published, I may be wrong, but I think he published something back in 2017 discussing that, um, we were going to be faced with a virus of some type. Uh, that would cause this much havoc. And he actually predicted um, how it would affect business, commerce, logistics, healthcare systems, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and uh, he's been spot on with a lot of the stuff that he talked about when COVID started as well. So right. dude does this for a living. And um, he talked about that specifically. I can't remember what he said to repeat it, but. Right, I'll have to check uh, it out. Check him out. Does he do podcasting or? Uh, he's been on many different podcasts. He's been on uh, news channels um, pretty regularly. Um, he's the epidemiologist that everybody goes to. Um, Not the uh, dude. What's his name? Fauci. 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 No, no. Um, <laughs> and and so epidemiologists are uh, a little bit different from what Fauci does, right? Um, even though a lot of what they do overlaps. Um, epidemiologists study how um, virus and disease um, from uh, bacteria as well um, infect, mm -hmm. spread, spread, all of it. Um, and he's been, like I said, he's been pretty spot on with a lot of that stuff. So you're obviously... Um a pro vaccine person. I am very much for myself. Yeah, mm -hmm. I am. And JC, you are for yourself, not for right now. Yeah. For right now. Yeah. Still, uh, holding just out. trying to, yeah, just holding out. Got some issues that I want answered and I'm kind of glad for. And how are you answering those issues? Are you like really diving in? Are you, does it come with time? It's, it's coming with time. Like there's things that I want to look at. I'm glad that I don't have to look at it like, Oh, tomorrow. Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 yeah, I think that that's where I'm at. Just kind of letting it kind of come you through. I got to let it sink in. Um, hey, I'm not going to just jump with a flag and go, hell yeah, I got it, man. Um, I used to feel that way, but I don't know. My gut feeling says, hold on, man. Something just seems just a little wait weird. See what here. happens with yeah. this, uh, first. Yeah. First batch. Yep. No matter which uh, 
vaccine it is. Right. They're both fresh. Fresh mRNAs. Mm-hmm. So. So do you think it's um, a naturally occurring virus or men <laughs> made? Oh, we definitely fucked with it. Really? In some kind of way, yeah, mm-hmm. sure. No, I mean like developed. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Um, my opinion is this: it is. Uh, far too difficult for man to create a virus this good. Mm-hmm. Really, <laughs> we're we're not that smart. Our smartest people are not that smart. Um, so for me, I am skeptical. The best way for me to phrase it, I am skeptical that it is man-made. Okay. Um, I don't rule it out though. It's entirely possible. There's lots of shit that I don't know about that man has done. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, or what about like a super villain that, (laughs) um, I think we would, well, I think we would have the villain um, somewhere saying something right now. I don't, I, for me, I don't, I don't see that. There would be a calling card. I feel like there would be at least a calling card, right? There's a Gru somewhere. Like everybody would have a weird hair on their chin, not just me. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I think that, uh, I think it's too complex for it to be uh, solely man-made. Okay. Yeah. Did, no, I guess to clarify it, it, it definitely. It's SARS. I mean, it's, yeah, it's it's not that we just generated the whole thing. I right. just know that there's too much to look at in my mind with that it is so damn deadly. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we could have given it. Yeah, it could have had a different payload. You yeah. know, it could have been Ebola or a version of. You sure. know what I mean? I mean, I don't know. I just I. It just seems weird for all the things that have happened that um, that we didn't research that it, at least what I've read from a couple of doctors that were virologists mm-hmm. as well that are like, there's no way that this came from nature. You know, it was definitely manipulated. Yeah, it's uh, interesting that there's that too, yeah. that split. You remember the whole thing too? It's I think the last talk we had, you know, even if we got political on it, it's yeah. two wings of the same bird. Yeah. So what's really going on? It's, right. it's hard, you know, again, going back to, our information war, our, you know, um, to sway one person or another just to have a conversation. Yeah. You know, at least yeah. we're not fucking kicking and beating and shooting each other over this stupid shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, which a lot of people are, you know, we've had crazy things happen over yeah. this. Um, I think we were already at that crazy place. We just didn't know it. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, I feel like I hear you. No, I hear you as, as, as a whole, yeah. as humans as a whole. Yeah. The thing that would, the, the, you know, like the, the reason I think that people that aren't virologists or mm-hmm. epidemiologists or whatever is because it started a year ago, like a what? I mean, not a year ago, but maybe sixteen months ago, mm-hmm. eighteen months ago. Where was this before? Right. It was in the and so it was in the animal animal kingdom, right? We've confirmed that. We know that. Where? Uh, it started with the pangolin Mm -hmm. and, um, they are able to trace it back to there. Okay. And then how did it jump? So viruses, um, do jump between species 
it takes them a long time. And but, then that's but, where I can't be definitive. Right. And that's where I can't say, well, I can't say it's not man-made, but I can say there's pretty strong evidence that it didn't start that way. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, so for me, I, I can't rule that out. I so do you think, what about the wet markets? Well, that's... Um, I think it's a false flag. Yeah, I think... I think it's yeah. too easy to just pin that on, oh, yeah, because they got fucking... Open bats, open pangolins, open meat, open this, and it just went in between it all because of all the blood and fluid. I don't, I don't know. That stuff does, for some reason, I, I understand that, you know, with how entryways, um, you know, I'm sure things could be spread easier. Mm -hmm. Lots of people, lots of things happening. But you think it could be a catalyst. That's probably but, just a xenophobic. Yeah, just a false flag, just mm -hmm. saying, hey, this is where it came from. This is what we're pinpointing it to when. There's articles that I've had that say now it, it wouldn't have ever started there. Um, and they've also pinpointed just like having earlier contraction of SARS-2 um, that it did not, the first person did not catch it from them uh, in an open market like that. Right. Um, Again, now, transporting, like I, I, transporting animals to an open market kind of scenario. Right. Sure. Right. That's more likely... And again, all this is speculation because right. I still haven't sat down to write all my information out. Like yeah. it's, I hate the fact that I read this. I'm like, oh, I got to check this out. And oh, nope. By the way, I'm going to go take care of my kids for <laughs> yeah, a second. Yeah, or, exactly. You know, the dog just fucking ran in and had mud all over the place and changes my whole aspect on how I'm sitting down and researching. Um, and again, too, trying to figure out what, what's an actual factual yeah. good source of information. You know, I mean, everybody's jumping on board. You see all sorts of stupid ass shit. Um, at least I feel it's stupid. Yeah. You know, deep fakes, although they say deep fake on them, it's just kind of funny to see that people just really manipulate how we're seeing our information. Um, Much anyways. more now, I feel, too. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, we're back from way in the beginning. That's why I like looking at rocks. So you're scheduled <laughs> Tuesday? Tuesday. Going in. Moderna. Cool. I think they're still mixing them. I don't know which one. Uh, I thought that uh, Pfizer and BioNTech had stopped for a minute. They Did they? Made anymore. Yeah. The first set came through and then they weren't able to give, but I'm not 100% sure. Okay. Because Angela, uh, when she got hers, um, they said it could have been either one. Hmm. Um, Funny that they wouldn't let you know. I'm just curious. No, Probably they let her know when she actually When she got actually it. went. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, talking to a couple of guys, they were like, "Oh, yeah, they were not, we can't schedule until the 28th." So they had stopped a few days. Like okay. last week, they the the batch was done. Okay, the first I round, see. the yeah. first that nine seventy five. You, you have to sign saying that you can't uh, sue for. Yeah, I don't think yeah. you have to sign anything because no. they're actually the legislation puts yeah, it out okay. that two years that they they they're not. They're basically mixing up something for us to play with and say, hey, fuck it. You guys, you know, thanks for mixing that up. We're going to see if it works. And if yeah. it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Uh, we got two rounds, right? You know, my thing, too, is I've taken shots at the bar that I wasn't sure of. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take I like a vaccine. Uh, I'll check. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not sure what some of that stuff was back in Probably the day. Probably at I'm Bernie's. Sure. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and to tell you the truth, it... it I went fucking nuts, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, That's guys, my, I mean, honestly, is, oh, right. is, is, uh, stupid as that sounds, I, you know, I honestly have that approach. Like, yeah, I uh, can see it. it. I'm okay. 
Like if it does something bad, I'll come see you. Yeah. Um, that's, that's always been my approach, but I've been taking vaccines since I could walk right. and yeah. I have like for me, um, Jason and I were talking about this. Uh, I know for a fact, if, if I get the flu without a vaccine, I know it, it can do me in. And I've, uh, I've gotten the flu without a vaccine before and I ended up in the ICU. Right. And so, uh, it, for me, the risk of what the vaccine might do versus the risk of not getting the vaccine is much, much more leaning towards getting the vaccine. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's a no brainer for me. Yeah, I'll get it. That's fine. Yeah. And I've gotten them my whole life. I've gotten vaccinated for just about everything out there in all the years. Well, that's that, why you're diabetic though. Yeah, right. 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 <laughs> and then there's that twitch. Um, that's why you have that stroke, all the damn vaccines. Right. I just have a hard time, uh, having a finite answer. Yeah. Um, have you ever had vaccines before? I've had all of them. All right. Yeah. I had reactions, uh, not major ones, but I thought that maybe I could get a write-off for not needing the flu vaccine anymore. Um, 2013, 2014, somewhere around there, 2011, 2012. Did you get um, a um, pneumonia vaccine? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you get that? Mm-hmm. Huh. Diabetics should. Starting at like. Yeah. I didn't think about that. I totally forgot about that. So everything shuts down on us when we, yeah. when we get sick. Right. Um, in particular, uh, our kidneys are, um, always taxed. So, um, when we get sick, that's going to be one of the first things to go. Um, and it creates a domino effect, um, that eventually leads to the heart, um, Mm -hmm. and can cause major problems. Um, and, uh, when your kidneys go, your, uh, the kidneys kind of balance, your chemistry out in your body, they help to do that. And things just go haywire when diabetics get really sick. Um, and your body's response to infection causes really high blood sugar, um, which we aren't, uh, equipped to fight naturally. Um, and once that gets out of control, it kind of one thing leads to the next, et cetera, et cetera. So it's important for us to get vaccinated for, everything that's going to hit our system hard. And I've, uh, I feel like I still would have, I guess I still have a choice, but I've always felt, you know what? I'm not going to mess around. Um, I'd rather deal with whatever the vaccine might do than whatever the illness that I'm trying to vaccinate. And up to this point, you've had no real issues for me. Never. And I've been, like I said, I've been getting them since I could walk. So, um, but I, I understand your reservations, for mm-hmm. example. I totally get that. And I, I think that's one of the important things um, that we need to talk about more openly with it's totally your choice, man. It's, it's okay. Yeah, and we, yeah. I think we, when we were at your place, you yeah. know, like I asked you, I said, hey, how do you feel about me not wanting to take it? Does yeah. that put you at risk? And if you are at risk, how do you feel about no, me? No, I'm going to get the vaccine and take care of myself, right? right? I'm not – you can – right. It's not going to change anything. For um, me. Um, now, if I, if in some weird world I wasn't able to get vaccinated, but you were, you know, then I might be like, dude, come on, man, hook a brother up. <laughs> <laughs> come on, man. Right? <laughs> but I, I can Hell get yeah. vaccinated, so I can yeah. take care of my shit. Well, when 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 Billy had a stroke, 
uh, it was very un unforeseen, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And um, he was in the hospital for a solid ten, two weeks. Yeah, it's 10 days. 10 days. Yeah. And he came out of the hospital almost completely blind. Yeah. And he's been without work for th two and a half months, two months. October 8th was my last day of work. Yeah. So it's almost three months. Yeah. Uh, and so there's a GoFundMe that he did not ask for <laughs> out there. You can find it just by Googling Billy Rental. Um, I did not know this. I knew that about the GoFundMe, obviously. Yeah, you can. I just that's how I found it yeah. just now, and it's all like there's a a limit to, uh, as, like I think it's probably open ended. Yeah. As far as a limit to give. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. open. No, 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 no. As far as uh, it being done. Oh, I don't. I don't know when it. I is. think you have to have a limit to have a GoFundMe. Okay. You can't just have an open ended GoFundMe. No, but it, I think it changes too because it did change. Yeah, extensively. You can, you can extend it. You can yeah. re-extend it as yeah. much as you want. So, okay. um, you know, it's not something that he asked for, but if you want to go on there and donate to somebody who is uh, a cool dude, uh, for the most part. <laughs> and, uh, I've, got, I've got issues, though. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, if you want to go get vaccinated when the time comes and they're opening it up for your group, you know, that's not, I'm not, I can't, it's not open for me. I don't think. Not yet. You know, I work like with, within the healthcare. You'll industry. be up there though, because you're an essential worker. Well, yeah. In lab, uh, I don't want to say where yeah, I work. Yeah. Don't. But, um, even though most people know <laughs> they've put out notices saying that it's coming yep. and it's, uh, already the people who work in the forefront, um, are, uh, that one's already gone. That's that's one thing I'd like that to one's say. Gone, so I think we're gonna wrap it. All right. I think they've done a good job about getting everybody on board, saying that the bus driver needs vaccinated too. Yeah. You know, I think. That's oh yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, thanks everybody. This All is right. it. Have a Sweet. good night. <laughs> oh, and also, uh, I'm back, dude. So I'm gonna be scheduling uh, podcasts here. Um, I'm going to get Devin Brown from Wait You and Mormon on soon. So uh, there'll be people. I'm going to try to get some local chefs and artists and stuff. So stay tuned. <laughs>